Ladies and gentlemen of Jets Nation, you are listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Jets Podcast. The Jets hired Robert Sala, the very energetic, uh, bald, intense, good-looking guy. Don't name it to me is the GOAT. Please join me in welcoming Joe Douglas. Denzel Mims is there, and he's got it. Denzel's going to be another big, fast, athletic target for us on the outside. We're a good football team. And now, let's kick it over to the men in charge, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein. Welcome, everyone, to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris. Alongside me, we got Spencer Klein. And Spence, here we are, episode one. You excited to finally get this going? Absolutely, Brandon, and thank you for the introduction. Very, very excited to officially get this podcast going. So to give our fellow Jeff fans a little background on why we're doing this, first, we've been fans of this team for a very, very long time. I think we have some smart and rational takes that we want to bring to Jets Nation and have some discussions on. And second, look, I think we simply have to have a different point of view than some other fans have. So I think it's a good opportunity for us all to talk, see what the scene needs to do to get back on the right path to consistent success. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, definitely. I, I think we have a, a very different point of view than other Jets fans or Jets accounts. I think we kind of look at things from a front office standpoint rather than a casual fan standpoint. And I think a lot of people don't see that the way that we see it. So we're hoping to make this very interactive. We love to hear from our, our followers, fellow Jets fans. Send us a message, send us a tweet, send us a DM. We're definitely open to to collabing with people, talking with people, and we love to hear your ideas. So with that, let's get into the episode, Spence. So Spence, let's talk about the topic that has been on everyone's mind for the last month, the coaching search. The new head coach of the New York Jets, Robert Sala. I think the Jets knocked it out of the park with Sala. And I'll be honest, I did not think they had a chance at him. I thought he was definitely going to the Lions. He had the Detroit ties. And frankly, I just didn't have any confidence in Christopher Johnson to run the search. And when he said that Joe Douglas was running the search, my confidence in the Jets increased. Not much, but it did increase a bit because Joe Douglas is the guy. I have no reason to doubt him. I think he is a great leader for this team, a great GM. And obviously, he knocked it out of the park with Robert Sala. And I think the, the coaching search itself was very long, extensive, very deep. They interviewed a lot of candidates, some good, some bad. It was a crazy ride, a very crazy ride on Jets Twitter. But they got the guy. They got who they wanted. Robert Sala wanted to come to the Jets. And I think it's a, a great hire. I have great expectations for him and his staff. And I'm, I'm very looking forward to seeing what he can do with this team moving forward. So what do you think about that? I, I think we have the same thought, but I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on Salah. Yeah, absolutely, Brandon. I mean, first off on the hire, they did a great job. They exceeded our expectations. They obtained the CEO head coach they desperately needed. And you know, they got it done. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the process, my thoughts... Sala is a tier one head coach hire for this head coaching cycle this time around. 
in my mind, I bumped him down to a tier two just due to because I simply didn't think he was coming here. Look, if that factor was out the window, I never would have had that concern. But look, the Jets were able to get around that, and they got it done. So on, on the hire itself, from that perspective of his talent as a potential head coach, I, I think he did a great job. So I'm, I'm excited for his outlooks. I think the expectations were, is simply, look, we're going to be a much more competitive team week in, week out. They're never going to lay down. They're going to play their butts off for everyone. And no, I'm, I'm confident he's going to be the right guy to turn it around. And then, look, my other thoughts on the process, I think that was a huge concern for Jets fans because, look, the last process, I think, has simply scarred some of us for <laughs> a long time, potentially. But, look, Christopher Johnson, as you mentioned, and, and Joe Douglas, they delegated responsibilities appropriately. Joe took the reins and was, a, was very thorough. I think that's a big takeaway. They didn't rush to their hire. Look, they even let Sala leave the building, and that's where uh, simply a lot of Jets fans were getting a little anxious, a little nervous. But I, I was personally but, really nervous. I mean, they let him leave the building. I think what he went down to Florida to meet with Philly, right, and then went to meet with the Chargers. I, I was yeah. not confident in, in the process there. But on Good Morning Football, they, they said he wanted to be the Jets head coach, and he proved us all right. I think we're both glad to have him here. Exactly. And that was the biggest thing. Look, it was I'll simply say it was risky to let him leave the building, but I think both of them were confident in their own processes. Solid wanted to do his due diligence. Douglas wanted to do his due diligence with the with Arthur Smith as his other finalist candidate. And they came to terms. They came back together and both got the deals done that they wanted at the end of the day. So look overall in the process. Salah confident is going to be a great hire. And look, the Jets front office, they got it done this time. I think that's something we get, we're hopefully going to get used to saying much, much more going forward. So I'll turn it back to you, Brandon. What's your expectations for Salah, you know, in this season and the upcoming season? I mean, expectations are tough with him because, you know, the bar is set so low because of Adam Case. But Salah's been talked up so much by Shanahan, by other executives that he's this amazing coordinator, amazing person, amazing leader too. So we should expect a lot of improvement. And he's just the total opposite of Adam Case. And I think at least six or seven wins should be attainable this year. I don't think they need to make the playoffs this year. I, I think if they kind of mirror what Miami did, with Brian Flores and their front office, I think that is a very good blueprint because Miami is in, what, its second year with Brian Flores. It's going to be his third year this upcoming season, and they they won t- 10 games last year. They almost made the playoffs. So I think with Josh Allen uh, improving, the Patriots on the decline finally, and the Dolphins improving, we need to get Salah to the playoffs within year two or year three. And I think the problem is that he has that five-year contract, which is the same amount of length that Joe Douglas has. So I think they're tied together, and I guess they see a five-year window, hopefully maybe with the rookie quarterback. But I mean, with, with the staff he's building with LaFleur and his defensive staff, I think expectations should be high, but don't get them too high. They are definitely not a playoff team this year. Look for them to make some noise in the next two or three years. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, absolutely, Brandon. I think in terms of expectations for the Salah hire in the upcoming season, I think we're on the same page. And look, I look at it in two ways. I look at it as the team's performance each week. And of course, in terms of wins, losses, playoffs, and hopefully some Super Bowls to come. So first, in terms of my weekly expectations for the team, I think this team's just going to play hard for him. I think one huge takeaway right off the bat, look at the difference in player reactions when the team hired Gase. First, look at player reactions publicly when the team hired Salah. Night and day, there's no doubt about that. You can't even debate that. Wait, so are, are, you, an encouraging... are you saying that Jets players did not want to play for Adam Gase? Is that what you're implying? I, I think it's a fair assumption a fair take to have off of the reaction simply and look based off of the, the, the team's performance the past few years i mean wins and losses don't always tell the whole picture but I, have you ever heard of one of the players come out and have and give a glowing endorsement of him week in week out I, a lot I, of, maybe some lukewarm ones i don't know if we heard some steaming hot ones let's say that i think okay. we we both know there's one player that loves adam gaze and that's frank gore frank gore did not want to give up carries to anyone. He wanted to run Gase's system. He's, he was selfish this year. Adrian Peterson knew that his time was up in Detroit. He gave carries to the rookies. Frank Gore took all the carries. I don't care what his legacy is. Everyone wants to say he's a great guy, a, a great career, but come on. I think he was the only one who stood up for Gase and just another reason for us to hate him. I mean, fans love him. Most fans love him, but me and you, I, I, don't, I don't think we, we share that same sentiment. Yeah, Brian. I mean, there's a lot that can be said about the what should not have been the Frank Gore era with the New York Jets. I mean, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Yes. He's going to be in. Were his stats in his career great? Yes. For other teams, did his players love him? Was he a leader? Yes. But did we really need this guy at this stage of his career taking up all the carries on a 2-14 and 14 Jets team. No. No way. Look, he's the one guy who loved Adam Gase. So there's, to me, there's some question marks there. There's some questionable things. But comparing that to the players now and their thoughts on Salah, it, again, it's night and day. It's, it's completely different. You're seeing glowing responses from former players. I mean, one to talk about right away, Richard Sherman. He, he, used, he was going to bat for this guy. When you get a player of his caliber talking highly of, of a new head coach, not even a guy with head coaching experience yet, I, I think those are the types of reviews that you want to, you know, you want to give some value to. So, player expectation wise, I think they're good. they're going to connect to Sal. They're going to going to want to play for him, and we're going to we're going to see a great effort each week. And then look, the other part of the expectations: wins, losses, playoffs, and and hopefully the. Super Bowls as well. Wins and losses, I think it's hard to put a stamp on it. I agree with you. I think at least six wins for the upcoming season will be steps in the right direction. Look, well, the roster has a lot of work to yeah, do it, to get back to it, it's also where they need to be. It's also tough to determine wins and losses now because free agency hasn't even started yet. We haven't hit the draft. We don't even know who the quarterback yeah. is going to be. And exactly like si i guess six or seven wins should be the floor at this point if i mean if we're running it back with darnold who knows if we have watson maybe 10 or 11 wins but it, it's tough to say expectations right now but i think we both think that expectations will be high 
and I, I think the New York media is going to be really hard on Salah. They were really soft on Adam Gase. They were very friendly. Rich, Kaz, uh, even Meta, they, they were all really friendly with him. And I think they're going to be tougher on Salah, but he's the guy that can take this stuff. He seems like a true leader, a hard-nosed guy, hardworking. And, and like you said, Richard Sherman went to bat for him, and that's a, a big positive. And I think we can see a few other San Fran players come over like we did when Rex Ryan came from Baltimore. But free agency's in March. We have no idea what the roster's going to look like. So I think it's tough to determine actual wins and, and loss projections at this point. But I think the biggest thing that we want to see, and I think the whole Jets Nation wants to see, is progress. Because we saw zero progress with Adam Case. We saw 100% regression, actually. Sam is terrible. Half of the roster is either useless or they are just not good players. And we just did not see any progression from anyone. Herndon couldn't catch. We had no wide receivers. I think the coaching staff that Sal is going to bring and his expertise as well, I think is going to be huge for the team. And I'm hoping we just see some progression from these young guys like Becton, Q, Herndon, Darnold if he's on the team, and any other rookies that they draft this year yeah exactly right and that's what i was going to sum up on my thoughts of, of expectations you know in terms of wins and losses i think that's the way that we, we can't look at it yet it's going to be looking at it in terms of progress as as you said we, we got to see what the roster is going to be like it's really hard to get the exact thoughts on that yet until we see how the roster makeup is going to be so might turn expectations up higher or a little bit lower but i think progress is going to be the biggest goal and look, they, they can only go up from where they were before. <laughs> we, we could definitely say that. So I think uh, let, let's look for improvement in wins. Playoffs, hopefully, within like you said, year two, year three should be a real discussion. And look, if they can get into that big Super Bowl discussion, then, then they've really hit their expectations. But one step at a time. Let's, let's not you know, run too fast on that. But <laughs> yeah, 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 I definitely. like what you were saying there. Absolutely. Yeah, and like like we've discussed, we can't have too much expectation right now because we don't know what the roster is going to look like. But like I mentioned before, I think we can expect some San Francisco players to come over to the Jets that loved Robert Sala. And I think the first person in both of our minds is Richard Sherman. Because like we said, he went to bat for Sala. He said he's a great coach, gave him the utmost confidence that he, that he can do a great job. And I think as an impending free agent, he is a, a perfect guy to poach from the 49ers, especially since there is no cornerback depth with this team. Yeah. I mean, Sh Sherman's the type of fit, the type of player that they need. Like, is he potentially on the wrong side of his career? I think that's a fair discussion that can be had. Yep. But with the current state of the Jets secondary and specifically the cornerback group, I, a player like him is needing need some veteran leadership. And look, yeah, he might be on the wrong side of his career, but he's still playing at a high level. I mean, this past year he dealt with some injuries, but he's definitely still a dependable player and someone you could put out there and have confidence in. So I think, look, logically, they had the need. He loved the coach. I would, you would get a thumbs up from me if they go in the is Richard he, Sherman direction for secondary. Is he really any worse? Is he any worse than who they have right now? Is he worse than Lamar exactly. Jackson? Like, come on. I exactly. Think he's, he, he'd be very competent to take on a starting role with us right now. I, I, yeah. I think a lot of Jets Nation might be scared of the price tag or his age and his potential decline, but 
he's better than what they have. Bryce Hall looks like he can be a starter. Bless Austin, I, I don't know what to make of him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we all saw him against the Raiders. Like, I, I think Sherman is a great option. And I'm hoping they can just sign him to a one-year deal, get some veteran leadership from him. And the word that everyone uses is culture. I don't believe in culture that much, but I think he can bring some leadership and increase the culture. But obviously, the only culture that matters is winning. Winning increases culture. But Sherman would be a, a great fit for this rebuilding team, give some veteran leadership, and hopefully mold guys like Bryce Hall or Bless Austin into a, a solid cornerback, too. Okay, and exactly. My my, my wrap-up thought on Sherman potentially coming here, I, I think you hit on it perfectly. Look, right now, are there any cornerbacks in the Jets' depth chart that you can really trust going forward? You could debatably say Bryce Hall. He had I, I don't trust any of them. Season. No. I, I think that's a fair take, too. I think it, he, you could debate Bryce Hall. The others, uh, bless Austin, I think yeah, he had a a downtrend in year, honestly. This he he was year. okay think, his rookie year, but he just yeah. I mean, we I guess our expectations were too high for him. Yeah, he, he left off a good rookie year, and look, there's some, there's definitely some question marks there. But look, going back to the initial thought there, if if Bryce Hall's your arguable best option, let's say stop having some concerns about bringing Richard Sherman. That's the type of guy you need. You, you need someone to reinstall the credibility to the cornerback group and, and look more will be added it's not going to just be him there definitely is going to be there definitely is more work that needs to be done there so oh yeah it just it just makes sense to get my sign off on sherman it's just an easy fit because he played with salah yeah and i think there's other players too that that will join over and i know you, you have a list that you think will, will come over who else do you think would be a viable candidate from from the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's a wide list of 49ers free agents. I'm thinking off, you know, positions of need, positions where we can add. I think one, and this is where I know we're going to disagree, I, I would look to add Jordan Reed as an extra tight end piece going forward. I mean, look at the 49ers offense that they had. They are able to use multiple tight ends. They're able to just plug in tight ends and produce does Reed have an injury history? There's yes. no doubt about that. Yeah, a He's big injury history. Very I, lengthy injury I history. I hate players who can't stay on the field. And I, I don't know it, what it's his price... It's a concern. What, like, what would his price tag be? What do you pay him? He gets hurt and, every and year. that's why I'm intrigued. I don't think yeah. the price tag is going to be too much. You could also argue that Ryan Griffin's the same exact player. But, look, there were At least he stays on the field. Reed. Look, when Reed's on the field... I think it's there's no doubt that he's a better player than Ryan Griffin. I, I look in my mind, I would love to have Herndon and Reed both on the field at the same time. I think it's just having two pass catching tight ends. Yes, we've seen some successful models in the past of some teams where it's worked, and they might not be the same caliber of players. But I think you just you're adding dynamic, but there are dynamic options to just the add players talent. That you can that, call. Yeah, that's what we yeah. want. Just talent. Get some talent on this exactly. team. Exactly. Ryan Griffin isn't the answer. Daniel Brown's not the answer. I still have faith in Herndon. I think if we compare Herndon with a reliable other tight end, then it's fine. If Reed can stay healthy, fine. But I would rather look at other options, personally. Yeah, I I, I agree. Both ways. I would be okay with them if they move forward and, and have brought in Reed. If they didn't, I would understand the reasonings for not. I think that's that'll be an interesting one. Look, 
you know, when a new coordinator is bringing over his system, they're going to want to bring some players that they're familiar with simply. So I think it's, I think we have to watch out for that. It definitely might not happen, but I could see the, the logical fit. And then, then on the same topic of offense, and this is of course going to be a huge priority for the Jets off season, wide out. Wide receiver free agents from the 49ers, not the best group that they have leaving, but I mean, one that might just logically be of interest Kendrick Bourne. I personally don't think they need to go for him. I think there's much better players that are going to be out there this free agency. But but again, just tying it back to the connection of always a coordinator bringing over his former player, I think we have at least have to entertain and look out for this signing. It won't cost them much, I imagine. I don't think he's going to be no, a high-priced free agent. Yeah. But it's the, it's the familiarity. I know I keep not uh, tying to that point, but I'm just seeing the, the connection there. It might be might be a death player they look to add, but what, what do you think about yeah, him, I, Brandon? I mean, death would be fine. I think once you said his name, myself and others probably groaned. That's not the wide receiver we want to hear <laughs> in, in free agency. We want but... to hear Alan Robinson. And we'll, we'll be talking about that soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he sh- if they want Bourne, that's fine. As a fourth or fifth receiver, I'm fine with it. He has flashed in, in some games, but he should not be a day one priority like Josh Bellamy was a few years ago with Mac. Like, he is fine. fine with, I'm, I'm fine with depth. He's not going to get me excited, but he's better than Jeff Smith. Uh, I'll say that. So I, I guess I'd be okay with it. But definitely a lot of other options in, in the wide receiver group. But I, I think it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's if, tough. If they're, yeah. If they're bringing him in as a depth piece, I'm not going to moan about it. If yeah. they're bringing him in to be a starting piece, I'll moan about <laughs> it. I, I think that'll be a, yeah, a general like, consensus. He he should he should not ballpark. be he should not be lining up against Mins. I think everyone can Absolutely. agree with that. I think Absolutely. the fourth or fifth wide receiver, if they keep Crowder and Barrios and get someone else, fine. But it uh it might get crowded in, in the wide receiver room depending yeah. on what they do. Which, which is crazy to say based off what we saw this past year. Yeah. It might go from pretty bleak to pretty uh pretty good. I'll yeah. say it that way. I, I hope <laughs> so. I, I think we all we all hope so. But I think he would be fine. Not my first choice, but I know that Salah being a defensive guy, I think it's more likely that defensive players would come. And I know we talked yeah. about Sherman. I think there's Solomon Thomas, but he's okay. I I think you have a few others that you think might come over from the defensive side. Yeah, I think, I think one to look out for is actually a former Jet, which which some Jet fans may not know. Kerry Hyder. He had a he, look. He's not the most brand name player. He might not be the most known player out there, but he had a career high in sacks with Sal this year, and, and his scheme is sorry. It comes down to the pass rushes with without. Yeah. Having his strong front four, it's, it's not going to be a successful group. Price tag, I think it's going to be interesting what this player gets paid. He, look, he, he's on the younger side, below 30, still below the 30 mark. He's been in the league about five years, and up to this point, you know, has not really gotten his payday. So it would be an interesting ad, because for sure, edge rusher, pass rusher is still a huge need for them. And like I said, it's a scheme fit for yeah, Salah, definitely. and look, coming off his highest production year, like like we're saying, from the logical perspective, it, it might be a logical fit. It might not be the flashiest move, 
but could totally see them doing it. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Because I, mean, I think you agree Edge is definitely a need this offseason. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge need. And like you said, especially with Sal and his system, they need an edge rusher. They had jo- uh, Joey Bosa's brother, Nick, who was phenomenal until he got hurt, and, and he's been a, a key cog for that defense. So Salah needs that edge rusher. Terrell Basham is not going to cut it. And if, if they can sign this guy and, and sign another one or two edge rushers, I think that would be promising. I am just worried about paying guys too much after a career year. Like, I, yeah. I would be skeptical about Shaq Barrett as a free agent. I, I don't know. I, it's a fair concern. It's they they need someone. The, their last greatest pass rusher was a, a 35-year-old Calvin Pace. Like, they need someone. I think we're all tired yeah. of saying once they get a pass rush, their defense will be good. And like I said, I think this is where yeah. you could sell Jet fans a little more on a potential Kerry Hyder sign. Yeah. Let's definitely. say you compare him. So here, he had that between him, Ezekiel Anza, and Deion Jordan, who all were part of the 49ers last year. If I were to ask the, the average Jet fan who, who simply produced the most sacks, I don't think many of them would say Hyder. I think he'd probably be the last out of the three they would say. I'd say Ziggy, say yeah. That, oh. Yeah, I, I look, even myself, without taking a look at his production this year, I wouldn't have known that either. So, look, when you see a guy who's producing and maybe not the most known name, look, maybe they find a bargain there. We, we might be overestimating his market. It might be a pretty – could be, end up being a, a reasonable deal. So, I think it's – for sure, Edge, we're going to have to look out for. Uh, Solomon Thomas just hasn't produced. And I know he, he has, has some injury history, but – he. He hasn't really produced when he's out there. I, I Again, think a, the I think a lot of people might bring him along. Yeah, yeah I, go I, for it. I, I think a lot of people are hung up on his draft price. He was taken exactly. number two, number three after Trubisky, I, I believe. And I think people probably think the potential is still there. I would like to hope the potential is still there, but if Salah can't get it out of him, then I, I don't know who can. And I mean, based on his stats, he's Henry Anderson two point and we do not need that. But he's exactly. He, he, he's I an agree. interesting name. I, I don't know. I just hope they get someone good from San Francisco. I, I think we all hope that. Exactly. <laughs> and then yeah. And then what? One other defender that I want to add to the discussion. Might again might not be the most known name. Akella Witherspoon, cornerback for the Forty ers twenty five years old, a couple of years of experience, has starting experience. Look, his numbers don't jump off the chart, but again, you got to look. There's two perspectives to look at it. Are they going to bring players that they're connected with, they know can work well in their system? Are they gonna, or are they going to bring some guys that might be equal in terms of talent, but they just don't know as well? So I think he'd be someone to look out for. Like I said, his production isn't is not off the charts, but age-wise and potential fit he could have. I think it could be a good move. Just a little back. He was a round three pick in the 2017 draft from Colorado. And he has some playoff experience with the 49ers, too. I think yeah. he'd be a potential nice fit if they don't bring in Sherman. If they bring in both, put him across from Hall. Yeah. Put him with Hall and Sherman. I, I could Look, as we said, corner is also going to be a major group. So, again, going to be a logical player we have to, to keep an eye out on for there. And yeah, totally. I I don't really see a downside unless his price tag is astronomical, but I'm sure it won't be, yeah, obviously. But I think exactly. it it all depends on what they do internally, too. They have to re-sign Poole. I don't know if they trust Hall yet or Austin or 
I don't know what they're doing with Lamar Jackson. But yeah, I mean, I think any of these guys would be fine. I wouldn't complain yeah. at all. Like I said, most of them are not day one free agency signings. There's a lot of other players that I'd rather see day one. But if they want to use these guys as depth, and if Salah thinks he can bring them and get the most out of them, I'm I'm totally cool with that. Especially if Lafleur wants these guys, because that's <laughs> that's who we really care about is is Lafleur. He is the next big thing. I I, I hope and. I, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about the, the new coaching staff, too, because yeah. Salah has brought all of his San Francisco cronies over, and they know the Shanahan system. And I think we're all hoping that LaFleur is this next Kyle Shanahan, next Sean McVay kind of coordinator. And I think a lot of people were nervous about him because he's a, he has a great mind, right? And I, I think people are nervous that he's going to leave in a, a year or two. Kind of like Arthur Smith did. It's a great problem to have. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that, gets, that gets over... Uh, people are overdramatic with that thought. It, I, it's I think not so, a yeah. factor to worry about. I mean, I, your team is good. Let's say that. <laughs> I would, if, if you're having that problem, you, you performed well. Obviously. I would love it if that happens. When was the last time a coordinator from the Jets became a head coach? Well, Anthony Lynn, I guess, technically. But... You know, you see my point. Like, I don't yeah, think we exactly. need to overreact that Lafleur is going to leave in a year or two. Because if he does, that means the Jets probably have a top five or top ten offense. And again, when was the last time that happened? I have no idea. I I don't think it's a big reason to be nervous about the hiring of Mike Lafleur. And I think if he's anything like his brother Matt, I think the offense is going to be in. Very good hands. And I think the only assistance... thing I hope he doesn't bring over is we're, we're not kicking field goals at the end of the game when the <laughs> game's on the line. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure we're all aware from what happened recently there in Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's going to be more of a Salah say. And I, exactly. I would like yep. to hope that he isn't like Todd Bowles and Adam Gase and that he is aggressive, kind of like Doug Peterson, and that he doesn't settle for, for field goals because that is one thing that we both hate, settling for field goals. There's no reason to kick a field goal when you're down by 20 points. So Score I'm, all the points. It's, I, it's not about yeah. settling for the points. It's about scoring them all. I, I hope <laughs> I, I so. Sometimes coaches think about it, and they're like, oh, wait, let's settle for a few. Let's play the safe way. You only have 60 minutes each week. Score all the points. Yeah, <laughs> it's as it, simple as that. And I, I think LaFleur is going to be a great addition. Like He has a ton of experience. He's in his early 30s. He has the backwards hack game is on point, so you know he's a baller. And he's it's a big factor for me. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think a lot of people love to see how these coaches, I guess, dress because I, I know a lot of people were a little concerned about the boring posture of, of Arthur Smith. I think Salah and LaFleur are very exciting. They have a lot of energy. Arthur Smith was kind of boring to me, and uh, I'm glad they passed on him, but I'm very, very excited for Mike LaFleur and to see what he does. He has a bunch but, of experience. I, I love that he's, yeah, actually, I love that he's young. And, yeah. And look, nothing against the older coaches, and they, they, they all have a ton of knowledge, a ton of experience, but sometimes you, you just need that younger coach that can connect to the players, and they're yeah. just able to relate to certain things, see the game in certain ways. It just, it's kind of just the evolution of, of coaching in the sport. You know, if you're being brought up with these similar age guys, you're going to have a, a, a 
more aligned lens with those players than potentially you know a coach who's maybe towards the end of his career call and play. So yeah, like, not that those coaches don't do well, but I think it's something for me. I, I think it's a positive. You got to be happy about. Well, that. also if you like look at guys like Joe Brady. He's in his early 30s, too. McVay's in his early 30s. The game's changing. And I think a big issue with these older and more experienced coaches, kind of like McCarthy and Dallas, is that they don't adapt that well. And, I mean, Adam Gase never adapted either. But I think that having a... Claims he adapted. He worked very hard, (laughs) supposedly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he worked way too hard. But I I think Mike LaFleur, with his experience, he was... An offensive coordinator at St. Joe's, offensive coordinator at Davidson. He was offensive coaches for the Browns, the Falcons, and then eventually ended up with the 49ers. And I think learning from Shanahan especially is a great thing. I think he's a, a great mind. I think the West Coast offense would be great for a, a mobile quarterback, whether it's Darnold, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Sean Watson, and anyone, I think. The floor can make it work. I'm very excited to see what he can do. I, like I said, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that he can be up for a, a coaching job in a few years, which is the crazy part. He hasn't even been the offense coordinator for one game yet for the Jets, and people are saying yeah, yeah. he's going to be a coach. Everyone slow down. They're jumping the conclusion. <laughs> he hasn't, I, he's, he's done, he's succeeded in the NFL so far, but has he even done a thing with the Jets? How could you say he's going to be interviewing next year? Right? Let's, let's play the yeah. games first, then we could have that conversation. And just another thought that if he leaves, let's say he gets a job next year or the year after, good for him. I want the guy to move on and, and have get a head coaching opportunity. And that doesn't mean the guys below him that may take over the, the offense according to their role won't be just as good. Look, look at the Tennessee. model. Yeah, and, and look exactly. at Tennessee. This Arth- model works yeah. around. The, yeah, it's a perfect example right there. Arthur Smith. Yeah, exactly. L- Laf- Matt Lafleur left. Arthur Smith took over. Tennessee was still the the juggernaut in the AFC. I don't want people to worry about it. I don't want anyone to think of it as a negative. Think of it as a positive. And like we said, he hasn't been the offensive coordinator for a game yet. Who knows if he's going to be a coach in Canada in a year or two? Let's let's play the games first. Let's see, let's see how they do this year, and then I guess we can yeah. make conclusions after. But I am very excited for him. You should all be excited for him, and and definitely be excited for the staff. the The offensive staff exactly. is great. Like I said, Lafleur has a ton of experience, and the the defensive staff is just as good. And I think I haven't seen any negative notes for the first time ever, really about this coaching staff. Salah has hired the right guys. Joe Douglas has been a, a big success, and there has been zero to, to little negativity about this coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, but let's say that that's something rare that we've seen in the past, let's say, 10 years as a Jets fan. There's always been some type of negative discussion, negative thought on, on some type of hire they made. So that, that's encouraging. And yeah, and the defensive side, I think Ulbrich is, is going to do a good job. Adds to the backwards hat head coaching staff. Thumbs up there, no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I mean, his experience up to this point, he's been around, worked with the Seahawks. He actually worked at UCLA for a bit, worked with the Falcons for the past two years. And, you know, to talk on his most recent work with the Falcons defense, once Dan Quinn was relieved of his job, defense performed better under over a call in the place. So that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, I think, I, I think you know, having familiarity with Salah, he he signs off on the hire. 
there's no reason for me to doubt it. So I think uh, I think Oberk will, will definitely be a good coordinator. Of course, we got to get him the players. But yeah, what do you think, Brandon? What would, you, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, he he was in Atlanta for a bit. He learned under their interim head coach uh, Raheem Moore, who was their defensive coordinator. So I think, like like we said, there's no negativity around these hires. We should be excited. I think the the players love all these hires. Becton and, and Q, they've all been tweeting and <laughs> saying how happy they were. And we didn't really see that with Night Case. day from last time. Yeah. Exactly. Ty, Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson couldn't wait until Adam Gase was fired. And I think just the positivity is something new for all of us. And with with Spencer and I being so young and, and not seeing the glory days when, when like Namath was around, we haven't really experienced all of this positivity too much except when Sanchez and, and Rex Ryan went to the, the championship games but for the past what decade uh past 11 years yeah it's been terrible it's been too long way too long it's, I it's, think it's been way too long I think we have better days ahead of us and I think we should all be excited as Jets Nation to go on this journey with Salah and the rest of the team so don't don't worry about LaFleur leaving or anyone else leaving I think the team is in very good hands, but the like, base is here. That's that's what we needed. We have the, yeah. the base of the get the now, get, them, get, the get players, them players get get the players <laughs> exactly. get get the quarterback. And I mean, speaking yeah. speaking about quarterbacks, I think something that we need to address and that everyone else is talking about is the quarterback situation and the controversy that is surrounding Sam Darnold and the number two pick and and Deshaun Watson. And I I'm hoping that. Whoever they choose is their guy. That's what they're telling us as fans. And I'm hoping that LaFleur and Salah are, are, have a, a, a big say in it, which I would assume they would as coaches. But I don't think they can run it back with Sam in, anymore. I mean, you saw him play this year. He had some flashes, maybe once a game, maybe once every two games, of being a, an all-pro quarterback. but. That's not what you want in your third-year quarterback. And yes, Adam Gase really derailed his career, right? He made Darnold regress. But it's time to move on. If you have the number two pick, let's start fresh with a rookie quarterback. Or what I wish they would do, and I think a lot of others wish they would do, is try and package that number two pick with some other picks and, and possibly players for Deshaun Watson. I, I think he would be the guy that you want to compete with against Mahomes, against Allen, against the Dolphins, Tannehill, and the Titans. I think he's the guy. And I think, Spence, we both kind of agree that our plan A would be to trade for Watson. I think the, the question is what we would give up for him. Because I think me and you have a, a little different stance on the players we would give up to. All right, yeah. Well, first, definitely got to go for Watson with that opportunity on the table and with the state of quarterbacks that are able to win it all. You got to do it. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I mean, for my trade package in terms of player-wise that would be included, I'm okay to include anyone but Becton. I think that might be a controversial statement. I think that's a hot take. Fans. I think that's a hot yeah. take. I, I don't think people would, and myself included, I would rather not give up Quinn and Williams. I think And that's yeah. that was my expectation. That's that's yeah. the controversial piece to it. He's they can't give on, him up. They, they can't. I mean 
the Texans want two young defenders that, that are good. I mean, the Jets only have one, Quinnen, but I don't know. I, I would rather not give him up. I think he can be... It's, it's a risk. It's yeah. definitely a risk if you do that. My, look, like I said, I'd rather... Like, to tie it back to our last part of the discussion, score all the points. You can't do that without a guy yeah. throwing the ball and who's <laughs> capable of yeah. throwing it I... everywhere, fitting it into all windows. It's it's a tricky. Here's how I look at it this way: Do you, if you don't make the trade due to the Quinn and piece, and Watson goes on to be incredible, let's say he wins a Super Bowl elsewhere, what what would your th- and let's say we we win none as well? Yeah, that's... are we going to regret not including? Of course, it's a tough. Of course. It's a tough player to potentially part with. I, I, I totally understand that. And look, edge rushes, it's, and it's, it's potentially replaceable, but it's definitely not easy. You, you better well, hope you sign and pick the right one. As, as we've seen in the last 10 years, we haven't had that player, a player like not this even, in a he, while. So he's not even an edge rusher, technically, though. I think in the, yeah, it's true. In, the defensive, in the defensive system, that's probably going to be a 4-3. They're probably going to put him on the inside and make him like an Aaron Donald. I mean, I guess it all depends on what people think his ceiling is. Because he looked great. He should have been a pro bowler this year, Quinnen. If yeah, he can be he's, he's, his arrow's going up. Yeah. No doubt. If he can be like Aaron Donald, you can't get rid of him. But can he make that big next step? I don't know. And I mean it's it's a you hard make one. A, you make a good point. Like, we would all regret it if Watson went to Miami, for example, and won a Super Bowl. Or Went, to, went anywhere and won a Super Bowl because he's a, a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. He's someone that yep. you build around. He's 25, first-round pick. He can compete with Mahomes and Josh Allen. And it's a very tough situation because they're kind of competing with Miami. They're one of their biggest rivals. And I don't know. I, I think a lot of our listeners it's... would be hesitant on giving him up. But if... The deal would not go through without Quinnen. If Quinnen's holding the deal up, I think then you got to pull the trigger, depending on what else you're giving up. Like I, it, it's a risk reward thing. It's kind of how I'm yeah. thinking of it. Like your risk of Watson being as he is, just continues consistently incredible, and the reward of of let's say winning a Super Bowl, getting yeah. it done, and the risk of you send Quinnen out. He also becomes, no, let's say, Aaron in Donald. the Donald yeah. category yeah. at one point. You need those type of players for your defense. Oh, there's risk both ways. Let's say you, you do that. They potentially keep Sam or draft one of the rookies this year, and that works out. Then, then you didn't have to give up all these assets. You kept your young players. It works out perfect. But is that riskier than getting the Watson option in and then giving up the young players in the pit? It's oh yeah, yeah. it's a tricky answer, and this is this is what Joe Douglas is is here for. He's yeah. the one to make that call yeah. at the end of the day. And I think ultimately, yeah, I mean, my stance is going to be this off season include anyone and everything except Vecton to get Watson, and that yeah. that also ties in picks. I and here's a. A tricky part. Like I know we some of the reporting out there. It sounds like it'll probably be at least three first round picks, which is fine because they have they have two yeah. they have two first rounders in the next two years. I'm not concerned about the picks that much because if they have the quarterback, I'm hoping that those picks would be in the late twenties or thirties, <laughs> possibly. Yep. And, exactly. And exactly. D- don't forget, we have the Seattle picks too. 
from thank you Jamal from from Jamal Williams. So Jamal, thank you Jamal, very Ad, much. Jamal Adams. <laughs> sorry, I I think that they can give up some picks. I would be hesitant on giving up more than three first rounders. What about you? What what would your ideal package be? I think that the three hard pieces of it that are, are going to have to be guaranteed into it would be our number two pick this year, one of our first rounders next year, and then a first round of the year after. At, at a minimum, three first round picks are going to have to be in the trade yeah. package. I think everything after that, that's on the table for a discussion. If, if I'm Joe, I say, you have the three first round picks. Here they are. Let's talk about the other pieces. Other pieces I would think to include, it's tricky. I think at least a second rounder. I, I I could see maybe you know a second rounder and a third rounder in separate years. I think in my mind a perfect trade package. Those three first round picks, maybe our second rounder this year or next year. I think I'll give them the choice of that, and then I'll give them a third round selection in this year or next or next year. I'll give them the choice of that. I would say or let let me rephrase that. Three first round picks. And they can have a second rounder and a third rounder, and they could pick one this year, one next year. That gives them five picks. And if they need they need a young player, I'd be open to having that discussion. Again, like I said, they'd all be on the table. And yeah, for me, it would be at least those five picks to give them a fair, reasonable package. And then we'll see from there, you know, how how it will go. I mean, what do you think? What would be your ideal so package? With those picks, would you include Quinnen? And those picks in your package, if needed, I think that's crazy. If that's what you think would would be an ideal, it might package. be crazy. Quinnen's worth like, again. If that's the deal breaker, I might do it. I think at the end of the day, would I, I be able to sleep? Would I be sleeping well knowing that I didn't <laughs> do the trade because of that? Yeah, I I don't know if I would. I would ha- I would be. You don't want to look. Here's how. Look, look at the situation now. You don't want to have any regrets. Are you going to regret that? I think it's a debatable one, definitely. I think some won't regret it, some will. But look, that's going to come down to everyone's different perspectives on it. But no, end of the day, for me, to give you the simple answer, yes, I, I would include winning. I'd be okay with it. I think that's crazy. It's a lot. Three, three first-rounders, two day-two picks, and Quinnen. That's your package. Yeah, I, I would do it at the end of the day if that gets us the, the sure thing quarterback that's, look, how you got to get past Mahomes in the AFC? Yeah. He's going to be here for a long time, and if this is the chance to do it, it's a big haul. It's a lot to give up, but but I'll do it. Look, this has been my stance, and and I know we we've talked about before. I rather give you know a more reasonable trade package, but if at the end of the <laughs> yeah. day the last option is an unreasonable one, you got to do it. I, I I'm going to do yeah. it still. I... I'm going to do it if it's everything we have do it not realistically but you know what i mean with it if it's gonna take a lot more than it should yeah i'm gonna have to do it in, in my opinion it's a tough one i'm willing to bet our listeners would not like that package i would not like that package i think if if they really need to put quinnon in i think they need to take away a pick or two because right now at, at his level he's probably worth at least a second maybe maybe even a first maybe like a the seattle first i mean my ideal package, if I had negotiations with, with the Texans, I would say Quinnen's off the table for now. I would do the three first rounders, probably, like like you said, a, a second and third, and then throw in 
another player if needed, like Darnold, or throw in some other young defender. Uh, I would I put eat, Darnold in the package. I just have no. Does anyone want him? They know we're about <laughs> to get into next, but I I have some doubts that they'd even be interested. They might just want yeah. to start fresh, fully there. But so yeah. back to your pack, your trade package. I I agree with what you're putting out there. I would definitely. I would try. I would definitely give the number two, obviously, this year. Next year, I would try and sell the Seattle pick. And then the year mm-hmm. after that, give the Jets pick. And then I would, I, again, I would try and not trade a second rounder. I would rather trade the two-thirds for this year, actually, and keep the second rounder. But it's, the- it's hard. It's definitely hard. I think, And it's hard for us, look, it's the ones not being in the exact discussion, I think. The, the fans don't really know exactly what the Texans are looking for. We might yeah. be very overshooting it or undershooting it. No one knows. I think that's, that would tweak my stance to it. I, yeah. I guess, look, I guess I'm going big with my trade package. I want to blow the Texans away and make sure they have to do it. If, you have to, if it's overpaying, if we're able to win at the end of the day, I'll overpay. <laughs> I know it's it, not, it might not be ideal, but... Yeah, but it's, trade, uh, trade, it's tough. It's picks tough. are a great asset to have, but when you can get the sure thing, especially at that position, um, I'm gonna, I'm willing to go beyond my regular length that I would. That that that's kind of my stance on it. I think it's also important to know that the Jets are basically competing with Miami too, who can give really an identical trade package that the Jets can. Yeah. So I I think it's just one upping Miami at this point. I don't think anyone else is really in a, a position to blow the Texans away unless they're giving up like five first round picks. But yeah, anyone else who would be interested, like San Francisco, they're at number 12. Uh, it's the Bears, they're at 18, I think. I, I can't see a, a team other than the Jets or the Dolphins having a legit chance, no matter what the reporters say. I, I just don't think they can blow the Texans away. If, if the Dolphins or Jets want him, He's theirs because their packages can be so much better, and that, and that's going to be kind of my my summed up stance on it. Look, if you have the opportunity to do it, they better be in the discussion. There's no doubt about that. Will they get it done? I don't know. Totally possible they don't. Yeah, but should they have the best offer on the table? No doubt about that. Because look, don't forget the Watson does have and no trade clause, although it, it seems like, and I know Jets Twitter's getting a little excited about it, it seems like he would <laughs> yeah. welcome the opportunity to come. No one knows, no one knows. Some of those uncontrollable factors, they yeah. they might not know. So, again, no one knows anything. the discussion, should have the best offer, and, and go yeah. from there. Put your best foot out there. That, that's and what they got to do. I no think a, another point that people have been talking about is the Stafford trade. I think that has nothing to do with Watson. People think that it might increase the Watson package the uh, the value of the package but yeah i i think it has no bearing on watson I, I don't think we have to worry about stafford and and goff at all i think the missing point there is that trade was more like a brock osweiler deal that that's why those picks were a thrown bit, in yeah taking on the, the huge contract i i don't think people are just seeing the name they're seeing oh jared goff oh stafford yeah picks 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 there's there's financial implications. I mean, I, I know fans definitely think about it, but that's a huge reason why draft capital gets thrown around. If someone's you know paying that salary, they're gonna want some assets back in return. So it, it, that's just a, a point to that trade. I, I agree with you. It should not have an impact to the Watson trade package that will uh, potentially ultimately go down. 
Yeah, and I think that's a good point, too, because I didn't think of the financials at first, but I think it's an important part. I think a lot of people don't realize how important the, the contracts actually are, and that is probably why that if Carson Wentz gets traded, the Eagles will have to throw in the first or second or, or both. Exactly. It's uh, the same, picks, same yeah. idea there. Because his exactly. contract is ridiculous, and so is Goff's. And, and Stafford's contract is a, a bit large, too. So I think... I, I don't think we need to worry about what the Lions and Rams did. That's in the NFC. That's their own issue. Let's not let's not worry about that. No one, no one panic. I think the Jets are in a good spot, and I mean the. I think the worst decision they can make is keeping Sam. At this point, he's, he just is not it. He's not the guy that he just can, doesn't have it. It's now, unfortunate. Like, it really we, is. We all wanted him to. Like we were so happy when they drafted him. Like. He's like our son. We we want him to do well, but and you got to move on. It worked for the Cardinals. They they drafted Kyler and said see ya to Rosen, and it, it's been working out pretty well. I think in year three, definitely time to move on, especially when you have the number two pick and the the contract again. Like we just mentioned, the contract is very important. Uh, you yeah. have to pay Darnold year five, right? His uh, his fifth-year option, I think you have to pay him a lot more. And I think if they draft Wilson or Field, which is our, our top two guys after Lawrence, obviously, they get to start fresh with a rookie deal. And they can allot that money to guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, any of the big-name defenders out there who are in free agency, Joe Thune from the Patriots, uh, Brandon Sheriff. Like, it, it just makes sense financially. To move on from Sam, and I know you have you have a lot of thoughts on him, so, so let's <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, my stance on this is pretty set in stone at this time, and it's you got to move on from Sam Darnold. It's unfortunate; it's a tough one to swallow, but there there's a few factors that that have to be discussed, and they're the reasons why they they just can't do this. I mean, first is is this is Sam Darnold himself and and his performance. Uh, yeah, was the situation not the best? Was the roster not great? Was the staff not great? No doubt, I agree. That's a it's a fair fair point in in defense of Sam that it did not he did not have the best situation around him. My butt to that is though is so do a lot of other quarterbacks that are in the same age range, and I don't think they get the same amount of excuses for that. So and backup quarterbacks too. Like, did you exactly. get see what happened with Washington? And, I mean, even Nick Mullins and Gar- Gardner Minshew, they've been able to be competent enough. And Sam I mean, just... guys just walk out and are able to put up numbers week in, week out. And, yeah. like, we're, we're, like, just, like, we're, we're like, praising 150 yards because he threw one nice ball in, in the game. That's, yeah, it's, he, he, here's my big thing. And I know we've talked about it. He shows you the glimpses. We've seen yep. a lot of glimpses. Yep. Glimpses is good in year one. Not in year three when you're almost at the time of having to you know, get to a more expensive contract on the guy. Yeah. He's young. He's still a young kid. He's younger than us. <laughs> like he said, he's definitely potentially still got a long future in the league, but with the financial implications at hand and you're having the rare opportunity, which again, hopefully they're not in soon again, of picking two or making the move for Watson. How can you run it back? You, you like, like you were talking about earlier, we could reset the clock Yeah. on the rookie contract. They would align perfectly with Sala and Douglas on their five year deal, yeah. Fields, et cetera. Like, whoever they were to take in that situation, it's just 
it doesn't make sense to run it back with same glimpses isn't enough for me. And just a quick, you know, a quick statistical comparison to, to touch upon. So, you know, I put a Twitter poll out there just was comparing four quarterbacks, just you no know, quick numbers on them. I'll talk about their touchdown passes and QBR. So first quarterback had 16 touchdowns, five picks, a 51.7 QBR. Second quarterback had nine touchdowns, 11 picks, a 40.2 QBR. The third quarterback had 12 touchdowns, 12 picks even, and 43.6 QBR. And the fourth quarterback had 16 touchdowns, eight picks, and 61.3 QBR. And look, a, a first a note on that, stats don't tell all the pictures for all these guys. You can't just be a box score watcher. So there are definitely other factors at play. But when you're looking at the plain stats of these guys, looking at QBA, he's the one with 16 TDs, five picks, 51.7 QBR. That was Nick Mullen. Do you hear a lot of fans saying, let's run it back with Nick Mullen in San Francisco or, or any other outside teams that want to do that? Not at all. I, I haven't heard that. I'd be the first to ever hear that. And QBC. QBC was 12 picks, 12 touchdowns, and 43.6 QBR. That's Gardner Minshew. I know fans like him because he's, you know, he's entertaining, but are they ready to run it back for him for his talent purposes? I haven't heard that either. He's a nice backup quarterback option, but I don't hear anyone saying, oh, we need to run it back there. And in QBD, 16 TDs, 8 picks, 61.3 QBR. Statistically, this probably sounds like the best quarterback of these group of guys that I'm talking about. That's Mitch Trubisky. And you hear fans are going wild at the, at the thought of even bringing him back in Chicago. <laughs> so poll-wise, yeah, they... just to give you the results, QBD had the most votes. QBA had the second most. QBC had the third. So it went Trubisky, Mullins, and Gardner Minshew. And don't forget, there's one option I didn't talk about yet. And this is where it gets interesting. Quarterback in this poll of 30 votes had zero votes. Reminder, his stats were nine touchdowns, 11 picks, 40.2 QBR. That's your Sam Darnold. I don't hear anyone. If you give those blind stats, clearly no one's running it back with him. So that, that, think, that was stats again, this like year, said, right? It's hard to swallow. That, yeah, that was sorry. this year's stats? Yeah. No, this was this past year's stats. Again, situations are different. Box score doesn't tell it all. But based off of just those, I and the guy got zero votes in the poll. There's clearly biases out there within Jets Nation and some talent evaluators that we're seeing in, in sports media. What are you seeing? You're seeing glimpses. You nothing else is backing it up. The the or, one thing, or, or I, your quote unquote your grades from a few years ago. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's not why you do it at this point. Like, I, what, what do you see? You just have. Yeah, I'll turn it to you, Ruth. You know, I can can go on forever on this, but yeah, I, I just get. What, what's your thoughts? To I just get so annoyed by the draft experts, Kuyper and McShay, and, and telling me about the 2018 grade on Sam Darnold. Who cares? What does that matter? Who cares what he did in college anymore? He grade on half the guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't I, give you all the top of my head, but you know what I meant. I know, Who cares what I, the grade from? I, I don't care what they graded him. I don't think anyone should care what they graded him. Look what he did in the NFL for three years. He had a fine rookie year. He, he showed glimpses his rookie year, which you're supposed to. And then he's just been terrible the last two years. And is it all his fault? Like we said, no, of course not. It's Adam Gase's fault mostly. And mostly because he had no surrounding weapons either. Is that Joe Douglas's fault? Yes, a bit. It's also Mac's fault too for, for not giving him the weapons and signing guys like Josh Bell Bellamy. But 
good quarterbacks make stars out of okay players. Look at, it's a bad comparison, but look at Aaron Rodgers and what he's doing with his offense. MVS is not that great, and Rodgers is able to make him a, a really good receiver. And their tight end, Tunyon, he's not supposed to be that great, but Rodgers is making him a, a great player. And I think... Baby Kittle. Yeah, and, and, and when we look at these quarterbacks like Mahomes, Rodgers, and Breeze, we, we want someone like that on the Jets to make the surrounding players better because that's the, jo- that's the job of a quarterback, to make these players good. And I think you, you're hitting on the point perfectly. Yeah. You're talking about all these great quarterbacks. You want guys that are performing like that week to week. He's performing week to week like guys that you know no one else wants as their starter or yeah. is even thinking about as their starter. I want someone, and forget any names, I want someone who could just walk in and give you 300 yards, two-plus touchdowns any given Sunday. Is that too much to ask yeah. for at this point? I mean, another example from this year, there's just so many random spot stars that pop in and just are able to produce. I mean, Brandon Allen's throwing 300 <laughs> yards on any given Sunday. Yeah, we, we're like, we're like amazed by seeing a 200-yard game, which like rarely happened this year with Sam <laughs> ever. Look, yeah, it's, it's sad. Crazy. It's unfortunate. One in yeah. to be the guy. We, it, we were all we were thrilled the day it happened, but it, you gotta just yeah gotta it, realize it's not didn't work out. I it's think sad to say, sad to see, but didn't it didn't work out here. Might work out yeah. somewhere else. I think I'll people that way. people might be hung up on his draft position too. He went number three. We had to trade. A few second rounders for him, which which kind of hurt. And I, I remember it was it was St. Patrick's Day celebration in New York City when I got the text that they they traded up with the Colts, and I was really happy because I I knew that either Darnold Mayfield or, or Rosen were were going to be available, and I, I I had hoped that Darnold was the guy, and I think we all did, but I think it's time for us to move on. His ceiling right now on this team as a game manager, at best. And that's not getting it done. No, it's unfortunate. That's just not getting it done. That's not even going to beat the Bills, and definitely not, yeah, not beating the Chiefs. Yeah, great yeah. point you added. It. We're not getting out of the division with with that. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's not say at all. that before even like before the Mahomes uh, the conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get don't don't get ahead. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's crazy too. It's it's crazy because we. Me and you both thought Josh Allen was the worst first-round quarterback in that draft. And, I mean, he, he kind of was. Coming out of Wyoming, he was not good at all. He was very raw. All he had was a good arm. But if you saw, if you can just see what the Bills did to help him, completely different than what the Jets did. The Jets did nothing they to help They did Sam. what the Jets needed to do. Exactly. They surrounded their guy. They gave yep. him a coaching staff. Traded for digs. They, they gave him the factors you want to succeed. Like like in yeah. any job, you want the cast around, you want the resources. Yeah. He had it. He maximized it clearly. He's, he's doing a great job now. I know Jeff fans don't want to say it, but it's true. He's performing at a high level. Yeah. Jeff did the opposite. And look what happened. Some guys are just special and can overcome that. And if they are, then they're the guy. Deshaun Watson. He yeah. overcame it clearly. And, and others. He's not the only one. But that's, look. My simple stance, foolish if they run it back with Sam. You're just like kicking the can down the road to be figuring out the quarterback next year. If he were to prove us wrong this upcoming year, if he's back, I'll say it now. You can old takes expose me. I'd be shocked. <laughs> I'd <laughs> simply be shocked. I think we, we would both be disappointed if they run it back with him. And 
I, uh, I, I exactly. think I think a lot of you listeners would be too, and we would love to hear what your trade packages would be for Watson, what quarterback you want them to draft. I know we're we're definitely going to discuss the NFL draft as it comes closer, but just a as a sneak peek, we we love Zach Wilson, we love Justin Fields at, yep. if they stay at two. Let's let's hope they they make the right choice, but. Like we said, we want to make one this... other option there debatable, but we'll share that in the upcoming uh, pod when we talk about the quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do a deep dive on on the options at number two if they stay, and uh, hopefully by by that time the pod comes, they don't have that pick and they have Watson in a, an ideal world. But exactly, we... we'll all be uh, <laughs> we'll be dancing to that one. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll definitely be be excited for that, but. Like we said, we want to make this interactive and, and hear from you. So if you have any thoughts on Deshaun Watson, uh, the coaching staff, what ideal trade packages would be, if you think Sam is the guy, let us know. We, we want to hear your reasons, and we're happy, yeah. to, happy to discuss, happy to be open-minded and, and hear what, what Jets Nation really thinks, because uh, there's a bunch of you out there on, on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So definitely let us know. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, looking forward to it with everyone. Yeah, exactly. We, hopefully, we can we can hear from you from you fans and have some conversations and and see where this takes us. But uh, our hope uh, is that by week one, Sam Darnold is not our quarterback. And I I guess yep. we'll see. It's it's a long off season. We we will be with you guys every week, but we're we're hoping that they can make some splashy move. So we've been talking a lot about the Jets offseason and and their coaching staff and their plans, but we still have one game left. We have the Super Bowl this weekend, Spence, and it's between the Chiefs and the Bucks, and I think we both have the same opinion on who we want to win and who will win because I I think there's no reason for us to root for Brady and the Bucks, and I personally think that the Chiefs are just a much better team. Their offense is just amazing. Their defense is, is good enough, and I think they have better coaching. So I totally expect the Chiefs to win. I would be surprised if, if they actually lose. Yeah, Brent, I mean, we fully agree with you there simply. You know, from a rooting fan interest, absolutely rooting for the Chiefs. And from a realistic perspective, I, I do expect them to win the game. Both are great teams. Both have great talents. But, no, I'm going to give the edge to the Chiefs. I think Mahomes is, is beginning a spectacular run of of success. And, and look, hopefully we're able to, to get into that as Jet fans. But for now, it, it's, his, it's his conference. So, I don't know, Jets fans, but let's, let's hope we're there soon. But, you know, it doesn't stop here. We're always going to be rooting against Tom Brady no matter what on the football field. So let's go Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the Jets can interfere on this Chiefs dynasty at some point, like we said, but Super Bowl isn't, isn't for another few years for the Jets. So for now, no. we, we'll, we'll see Mahomes uh, holding the, the Lombardi trophy. Hopefully, I will not be happy if, if Brady wins another Super Bowl. He, he, he doesn't, deserve, doesn't deserve it. Yeah, that should not be. Yeah, I think that's just an easy consensus to know. I mean, of course, 
as usual, he's going to get bailed out if some Chiefs players can't play because of, of COVID testing. And obviously, that's that's the Chiefs' problem. That's their fault. They should be a lot safer. But another bailout for Brady, as usual, like we've always there'll seen. Be some, yeah, if it happens to go there, there'll be some type of luck that goes his way, as as we just, we're seeing too much. So, yeah, that's... Hopefully, we just get a good game Sunday. I think that'll be the end goal for everyone, make it entertaining. But Chiefs, let's let's go Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, Simple as let's... that. Let's let's go Chiefs. Let's let's hope it's a good game. I hope everyone enjoys the game. If if you're having a watch party, stay safe and enjoy the last game of the year. Uh, this uh, week one is only what six or seven months away. <laughs> Training camps four or five months one away. One day closer each day. Yeah, We're getting there. Exactly. Yeah. The you know, big ne- off season to come for everyone. Yeah, the the next big steps. We got free agency in March. We got the draft in April. Those will be two key indicators on how the jets are going to look this upcoming season and for seasons to come so let's look forward to that let's hope we have a good game and let's go chiefs so thanks everyone for listening to our first episode i hope you enjoyed if you did please let us know if you didn't please do not let us know and you can (laughs) you can follow us on instagram at at the good, the bad, and the Jets pod. Follow us on Twitter at good, bad, Jets pod. Like us on Facebook. And if you want to follow me on Twitter and, and see my personal Jets takes, you can follow me at Verified. Yeah, thank you, Brandon, for sharing our account. And same thing as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter at S-K-L-E-I-N-824. 1033 and on TikTok NY Jets SK824. And as well, my YouTube page is Spencer Klein, which will be posting some videos here and there. You know, when there's some breaking news or thoughts that need to be shared, simply. Yeah, thanks, Spence. So follow us on those accounts. If you do follow them those accounts, we will hopefully have breaking news updates, share our opinions real time. We're hoping to have this podcast come out weekly, maybe twice a week during the NFL season, just to give a little more perspective on the games and and the happenings. But we're very excited to take this journey with you to a Super Bowl. We would love to hear feedback. Give us a a voice message on our Anchor page and definitely look at our, our Linktree account on our Instagram where you can find all of our great accounts. So with that, we hope you have a great Super Bowl. We hope you stay healthy, stay safe, and test negative. Thanks, everyone.